Welcome to Spiritual Warfare. My name is Teresa. It's been a really long time. I'm actually going to pick back up in the book Imagine Heaven by John Burke. It's been months since I've read anything from that. I do want to eventually finish this book. I don't know if we have, I don't know, 50 pages or so. So, oh, hopefully everyone can remember who was following along in this book, The Bright Morning Star. Jesus promised to the one who is victorious and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. I will also give that one the morning star. Why would we want the morning star as a reward? Because I, Jesus, am the bright morning star, Revelation 22. He wants to give us the greatest reward of all himself. Every believer will see God and experience the loving wonders of his presence. But don't you want to leave this earth with the greatest capacity possible for the greatest reward of all? All it takes is the simple childlike trusting obedience we're all capable of displaying. Sam is a good friend whose grown child, Shane, has autism and severe mental retardation. He doesn't understand abstract things like heaven. One Saturday morning, Shane came downstairs and announced, I'm getting baptized at church Sunday. That piqued Sam's interest because she was concerned Shane could not understand the significance of baptism. Maybe someday, but I don't think you have to get baptized, Sam said. No, I do. Jesus told me I'm going to get baptized on Sunday, Shane insisted. Sam was concerned. Shane, Jesus didn't tell you that. Shane who had never mentioned a dream in his life, proclaimed, No, I had a dream last night, and Jesus took me to heaven. And Mama was there, Shane's deceased grandmother, and Jesus was there, and God was there. Sam knew something strange had happened. Shane couldn't make up abstract ideas like dreams or heaven. Cautiously, Sam probed, Well, what was it like? Shane excitedly explained, Jesus built me a house, and it has a red door. He showed me my house, and he told me I'm getting baptized tomorrow. Sam didn't even know if there was a baptism the next day. Still not sure what to think, she questioned. He showed you your house? So Shane, will I live next to you? Sam knew Shane loved to do everything with her. No, Came Shane's surprising answer. Well, why not, Sam asked, quite shocked at his response. I'm living right next to God. Shane got baptized the next day at our church's baptism, just like he said he would. It would make perfect sense to me if the Shanes of the world had the most special location in the city of God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God and Jesus Just imagine what life in paradise and the city of God will be like. Let's take a peek. Paradise found. In these final chapters, I'm going to stretch beyond the core experience of most NDEs because I want us to imagine how real and amazing paradise and the city of God will be. I'm describing sites that three or more Christians claim to see. These fit within scripture's framework, but with details I hope will ignite your imagination. 
I don't know if the present heaven will be exactly as these people report, but what each have said forms a composite like the description you'd expect if 10 people went to New York City and reported what it was like. They all have different angles and details, but over time, a cohesive picture starts to form. Even if it's not just like this, I'm confident it will be better than you or I can imagine. Why would the creator of Earth's wonders make paradise and his heavenly city less spectacular? The Apostle John did not have an NDE, but was taken to heaven by an angel. Picture this place John and some modern NDEers claim to have seen. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain, great and high, and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God, and its brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with 12 gates and with 12 angels at the gates. On the gates were written the names of 12 tribes of Israel. There were three gates on the east, three on the north, three on the south, and three on the west. The wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the names of 12 apostles of the Lamb. The angel who talked with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city, its gates, and its walls. The city was laid out like a square. As long as it was wide, he measured the city with the rod and found it to be 12,000 stadia, S-T-A-D-I-A, in length and as wide and high as it is long. The angel measured the wall using human measurement and it was 144 cubics, 216 feet thick. The wall was made of jasper and the city of pure gold as pure as glass. The foundations of the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth ruby, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth turquoise, the eleventh jacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates were twelve pearls, each gate made of a single pearl. The great street of the city was of gold, as pure as transparent glass. I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it for the glory of God gives it light and the Lamb is its lamp. 
The nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut for there will be no night there. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those who, whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Revelation 21, the new Jerusalem. When I used to hear about the heavenly city of God called the new Jerusalem in Revelation with pearly gates and streets of gold, it sounded gaudy to me, kind of like the set of a bad televangelist show. (laughs) Because of my poor imagination, I assumed much of the description in Revelation was a metaphor or a vision not meant to be literal in any way. While much of Revelation is apocalyptic and metaphorical, I'm starting to see that maybe the ancient writers of Scripture saw something real. They made their best fumbling attempt to put into earthly word pictures a stunning, beautiful paradise and city beyond description. Near-death experiencers describe a similar reality, though I don't think every city near-death experiencers described is the New Jerusalem. Heaven has other cities, as Jesus alluded to in Luke 19. One day, the New Jerusalem and the New Earth will be united, as in John's vision, but the New Jerusalem is ready now in the present heaven where people live waiting for that day. For Abraham was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. All these people were still living by faith, longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. God has prepared a city for them, past tense. So by faith, let's imagine your first trip to the city of God. Entering another dimension. Maybe you'll instantly arrive in heaven or maybe you'll go through a tunnel first. Each person's journey seems unique. Maybe you'll start far off somewhere in some kind of a deep space like those described in the last chapter. Maybe the present heaven is located in the hidden dimensions of our space that scientists postulate or maybe in the dark matter of deep space or maybe our space is located within it. As I write, my father-in-law is fighting terminal brain cancer. He was a founding manager of NASA's space station project. Imagine how exciting his journey will be if he starts with a tour from deep space to heaven space. Another person, Ed, did not die but claimed to be given a vision of heaven. I include it because Ed eloquently describes much of what scripture and other NDEs confirm. Imagine the excitement of your first flight home. We flew through the starry heavens on a path or ladder or stairway. We moved forward at a great speed. I asked the angel, why did we stop? Turn around, the angel said. I turned around to face the most amazing sight. My eyes feasted on a huge spherical globe. I fixed my clouded eyes upon a spectacular panoramic view of God's house. 
Our inheritance, paradise lost, the whole thing was bright and rich. Its sacred beauty filled my soul. The sphere is of pure gold, the angel stated. He knew what I was thinking because he answered before I could ask him. It's not like the gold on a watch or the gold on a wedding ring. Heaven's gold is clear, yet having a golden look, I could clearly see through the golden sphere a transparent gold. Though made of gold, there was a changing multicolored effect playing upon the sphere. It was an awesome, colorful light show. Colors flashed like sheets of lightning. They shimmered around the golden sphere. I could see through the golden sphere into the most beautiful spring green land, looking like an electrifying jewel embedded in the center of the circular land stood a city cube of dazzling, colorful golden splendor. Awesome rainbows of inexpressible colors flowed over, around, and into the city cube, more enthralling than any sunset or sunrise I've ever seen. The gold sphere itself does not shine. The light originates from a huge and colorful cube-shaped city. The angel explained to me, the city you see inside is New Jerusalem. It is heaven's heart. The Father and the Lord Jesus are inside on their thrones. The surrounding land is called paradise. The city's shape had the look of a colorful, bright cube. Its colors were bright. Its hues were more than the colors of a springtime rainbow. The colors were not those of an earth rainbow. Other colors dazzled. Colors I've never seen. These new colors were indescribable. The diameter of the sphere is enormous. I calculated from the center of the sphere to the edge. There could be fitted 20 new Jerusalems. Therefore, the distance from the city to the outer edge of the sphere would be 30,000 thousand miles. The diameter of the sphere would be 60,000 miles across. Earth is only 8,000 miles in diameter. Beyond the Cosmo. When I first read Ed's account, it sounded like science fiction fantasy. Maybe it is. But as I read account after account saying similar things that fit together with other reports, I started to wonder, one person said, now, these colors are what make heaven interesting. Let me compare it to a sky. You're used to seeing the sky change colors, you know. The sunset, never two alike, always changing. So that's what these colors do. In heaven, they make colorful sky, but mostly it's gold. If I were making this up, I'd say mostly it's blue. Some do see a blue sky, but it seems to change much like our atmosphere. And many saw a spectacular golden sky. And remember, near-death experiencers like Marv Besteman viewing the spectacular light show of heaven from inside heaven's atmosphere match Ed's description of a light show he viewed from outside the atmospheric sphere. After going through a tunnel of dark space with Jesus. Dr. George Ritchie said, I saw infinitely far off, far too distant to be visible with any kind of sight I knew of, 
a city, a glowing, seamless, endless city, bright enough to be seen over all the unimaginable distance between. The brightness seemed to shine from the very walls and streets of this place. Howard Storm also found himself in some deep space with Jesus when he glimpsed what looked like a galaxy, a vast area of illumination far off in the distance. In the center of the light was an even brighter concentration of light, which Howard instinctively understood to be God's abode. Gary Wood found, as I walked on the pathway, I instinctively knew I was headed north, same as Ed, Dale, Black, and others. Then the swirling mass of a funnel-shaped cloud opened up wide, and I saw a giant golden satellite suspended in heaven. Captain Dale Black traveled through what looked like deep space, almost as if a jet were flying through a snowstorm at night, fast approaching a magnificent city, golden and gleaming among a myriad of resplendent colors. Scripture doesn't say anything about a transparent golden sphere containing paradise and the new Jerusalem, which in some way makes these Christian near-death experiencers common visions intriguing yet questionable. On the other hand, God told us he has not revealed all the mysteries to us in scripture. See Deuteronomy 29. And what would motivate doctors, professors, and commercial airline pilots to make up or copy the same fantastic vision? It sounds crazy. Why would they risk their reputation? Of course, the city of God is not the only place God resides. Scripture tells us he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So God fills all, is present everywhere by his spirit, holds it all together, but can also make himself visibly manifest in a place, a city he's created so he can dwell with those who love him. 